You're listening to the UBC Medicine Learning Network. This podcast was recorded on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh people. To learn more about the land you are on, visit native-land.ca. Welcome to Women's Health Interrupted, a women's health research cluster podcast. I'm Rebecca Barron. And I'm Sydney Clips. Through scientific inquiry and storytelling, this podcast brings you content about women's health from many angles. Dr. Gordon is a tireless advocate for breast cancer screening starting at age 40 and for women with dense breasts. She is a clinical professor in the Department of Radiology at the University of British Columbia and wants women to have accurate, current information that will allow them to make informed decisions about their screening. Dr. Gordon works alongside Jenny Dale as a medical advisor of Dense Breast Canada. Jenny Dale is the executive director of Dense Breast Canada and was diagnosed with breast cancer in October 2014. Jenny co-founded this organization with Michelle in 2017 and has teamed up with breast cancer survivors nationwide to raise awareness of the risks of dense breasts. Together, over the past four years, they have successfully advocated for changes in policy in many Canadian provinces. We are so excited to be joined today by our speakers, Dr. Paula Gordon and Jenny Dale. Thank you both for being here with us. So to start us off, what are dense breasts and why is breast density important? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Paula Gordon. I'm a breast radiologist in Vancouver. The term dense breasts refers to the proportion of normal breast tissue to fat in a woman's breasts. Every woman has both fat and breast tissue, but some women have more of one or the other. So to simplify, if a woman's breasts have more than 50% fat, we call them non-dense. And if they have 50% or more normal breast tissue with less fat, we call them dense. It's normal to have dense breasts, and it's quite common. About 40% of women over the age of 40 have dense breasts. But there are risks to having dense breasts, the most important being that cancers can hide in normal dense tissue. That's because on a mammogram, fat is black and normal breast tissue is white. Lumps, including cancers, are also white, and that's cancers and non-cancers, even cysts and uh, non-cancerous lumps, et cetera. So if a woman has a lot of normal white tissue, it makes it hard, or in some cases impossible, to see a lump, even a cancer. The other concern about dense breasts is that women who have dense breasts are at a higher risk to get breast cancer than women who have non-dense breasts. So it's a perfect storm. They're at a higher risk to get breast cancer, and it's harder for us to see them on their mammograms. The only way to know if a woman has dense breasts is by looking at her mammogram. You can't tell by size, by feel, or even if the breasts feel lumpy. Lumpy breast tissue can be either fatty or dense. And because it's harder to see breast cancer on a mammogram of a woman with dense breasts, she doesn't have the same opportunity for early detection of breast cancer with mammography as a woman with non-dense breasts. If her cancer is not found early, she might need more aggressive treatment. And if her cancer is found late, she will not have as good a prognosis. Now, we know that we can find many of those missed cancers with other tests, including ultrasound. 
For women who've recently been diagnosed with breast cancer, it's important to know whether they have dense breasts because it's possible that in addition to the cancer they know about, there might be other cancers in one or both breasts that we don't know about. So sometimes those women have an MRI to help the surgeon decide if they need more extensive surgery. Women who've had cancer and been treated are at a higher risk than average to get a second cancer in either breast. So after they've been treated, they may need they may need better screening going forward to watch for any breast cancer recurrences or new cancers. And what age should women start getting mammograms for breast cancer and how often? Ideally, all women should start having mammograms every year starting at age 40. Now that's because we know that annual screening starting at 40 saves the most lives. Breast cancer is less common in younger women, but it still accounts for 17% of all breast cancers. And because these women are usually premenopausal and their ovaries are still making hormones, their cancers tend to grow faster than cancers in older women. Now, if these women don't have screening and their cancers aren't found early, their chances of survival are not as good and they are more likely to need harsh treatment. For example, when a cancer is found small, a woman can have a small operation called a lumpectomy rather than need to have her whole breast removed. If her cancer is found early, she can have a less invasive test to check her lymph nodes than the traditional bigger armpit surgery. The larger surgery has a much higher rate of a complication called lymphedema. That's when the arm and hand on the side of the cancer become swollen. It's usually permanent. And for some women, it's the worst part of having breast cancer. Also, when cancer is found early, and if testing shows that it has a low risk of recurrence, many women can avoid chemotherapy. Now, minority women, especially Black, Asian, and Hispanic women, must absolutely be screened starting at age 40 because they're more likely to develop cancer at younger ages than white women. And also, of course, women 40 to 49 play multiple important roles. Many have toddlers at home. Some are helping look after aging parents, and many are working and contributing to the economy. They're not expendable. Now, in some provinces, BC, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and Yukon, women can self-refer for mammography without a requisition starting at age 40, but other provinces start at 50. And even in provinces where women can't self-refer, they are able to get a requisition from their doctor, but it's not always easy. Now, if you don't know what's available in your province, please check out a brand new website, mybreastscreening.ca. Absolutely. And we will have all of those resources and links in our show notes as well for our episode. So what should women who have learned they have dense breasts do in order to be more pro? Rate, review, and subscribe to UBC Medicine Learning Network podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and your favorite podcast platform. Join our community on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at UBC MedVid. Well, that's a good question. There's several things women with dense breasts can do. First, they should still have regular mammograms. And as I said, ideally starting at age 40 and as close as possible to annually. They should try to get additional screening, usually with ultrasound, but sometimes MRI, depending on what their other risks are, family history and so on. Now, if that's not available, please don't wait for someone else to fix the system. I'm gonna say this over and over, please advocate. That's how British Columbia 
got all women notified of their breast density and got screening breast ultrasound covered by our healthcare system. Dense Breast Canada, you're gonna hear from Jenny shortly, those women got involved, they worked energetically and persistently and they made themselves heard by the people who can bring about positive change and that's politicians. I always say politicians don't, don't listen to doctors but they listen to voters. And Jenny and her co-founder of Dense Breast Canada really did that work. So women should advocate. The other thing is they should do breast self-examination. In fact, that's not just women with dense breasts. All women should do breast self-examination. I know that term has fallen out of favor lately. And uh, you'll sometimes hear that women should be breast aware, like aware of changes in their breasts. But you don't know if you've had a change unless you know what your normal breast texture feels like. And all women have texture, lumpiness, and so on in their breasts, which is unique to them. So a woman who does breast self-exam, even if she doesn't do it religiously and every month, will become more of an expert in what her normal breast tissue is than a healthcare provider like a nurse or a doctor. So younger women, premenopausal women, should try to do it when they're just finishing their period. That's when the breasts are least tender and least lumpy. But even if it's every couple of months, it's still important to do. Now, the other thing women can do is uh, adjust their modifiable behaviors. For example, they should get to and stay at a healthy body weight. We know that obese women are more likely, or overweight women have higher estrogen levels, they're more likely to get breast cancer. Women should try to cut back on their alcohol intake, and that might be particularly important to say during the pandemic when alcohol consumption has increased. We know that alcohol basically is a car carcinogen. There's no safe level. The more you drink, the higher risk of breast cancer and, in fact, other cancers. So cut back and think of it as a treat. Uh, it's not, you know, a glass of wine with dinner every night is not okay. Uh, another thing women can do is exercise moderately. Uh, and the minimum is 150 minutes a week. Now that's 30 minutes, five times a day, or you can cut it up into different chunks if you like, but moderate exercise reduces the risk of getting breast cancer. So that's everything women can, with dense breasts can do to be proactive. So what are your experiences like working at Dense Breast Canada? And how has this changed your own perspectives on breast cancer as well as other women's health issues? Thank you for the question, Rebecca. There's there's a lot to talk about here. We're an awareness and advocacy organization, which Michelle DiTomaso and I co-founded about five and a half years ago. And we're very grateful to have Dr. Gordon as our medical advisor. Michelle and I began Dense Breast Canada because we were shocked and appalled and angry that women in Canada were being denied information about their breast density and being denied a chance to be proactive about their breast health. And maybe even being denied a chance to have breast cancer detected earlier. So our first advocacy stand was that all women in Canada be directly informed of their breast density. And we've had some success with that. As mentioned, we now have six provinces informing all women of their breast density. And the other provinces have taken some form of action, but not enough. So the advocacy is continuing on that front. The modeling has shown that 400 lives a year are lost by not offering screening at 40. And if you add on an additional 300 lives that are lost by not offering ultrasound to women with dense breasts, that means over the past 10 years that we've had up to 7,000 Canadian women who have died needlessly 
And that's a travesty. And learning things like this has totally changed my perspective. And I believe there's so much more that we can do, that we need to do in Canada to promote early detection of breast cancer and to save lives. And to do that, we need to ensure that optimal screening is provided across the country. So last year, Dense Breast Canada looked at the screening practices in each province, and we found differences across the country that we feel are resulting in significant inequities. And for us, it's like an early detection lottery by postal code. And we don't feel that it's right that where you live in Canada determines whether breast cancer will be found early or not. For example, if you live in BC, you can get screened in, at 40. In Alberta or Ontario, screening is at 50, unless you know to ask for a requisition, and most women don't know that. And if you live in BC, you're going to be told if you have dense breasts, and you're going to be able to access a screening ultrasound. But if you live in Ontario, only women with the highest category are being told. And if you live in Nova Scotia, you're going to be flat out denied a chance of getting an ultrasound. So we compared the provinces on what we consider to be optimal screening practices, six of them. And in Quebec, they offered zero out of six. In Yukon, uh, five out of six, and hopefully soon to be six out of six. Most provinces scored about three. So with so many disparities in screening across the country, we've got women confused, they're unclear about breast screening options and best practices. And so that's why we launched mybreastscreening.ca to help women navigate through those provincial programs and to advocate for better screening. And that brings us to our third advocacy stand, which is self-referral for women, for mammograms for women in their 40s. And we want women in their 40s to know that it is their decision whether or not to be screened. And we want them to know that the benefits of mammograms outweigh the harms. And we're just tired of this paternalistic narrative that women in their 40s shouldn't get mammograms because they may get anxious if they're called back for extra pictures. And we hear that same excuse used for women not to get ultrasounds for dense breasts. So the studies out there show that anxiety is transient. And we hear constantly that women would much rather be asked to return for extra pictures and have a cancer missed. The last thing I want to mention is that this past summer we conducted a survey and 2,500 Canadian women answered questions about their breast screening experiences for us. And what we found was really disturbing. Just to give you a couple of findings, found that the 34% of women didn't feel that discussions with their healthcare provider about breast screening were adequate for their needs. And 11% of women aged 40 to 49 had been denied a requisition by their healthcare provider. And given that what I just said about the decision being a woman's, uh, whether or not to be, no woman in Canada should be denied these mammogram requisitions. And after the survey, we published a report on the findings called Failing Canadian Women. And our report is a call to action for governments to ensure that every Canadian woman has an equitable chance to detect breast cancer as early as possible. And what we found interesting is that many of the issues that we're uh, discovering in, in breast health, we know apply to other women's health issues. And BC Women's Health Foundation, they did a study that found one out of two women in BC felt dismissed by their healthcare practitioner. So we, we see not enough attention is being paid to women's health and we feel Canadian women deserve better. Women's health is 
truly being interrupted. And so that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that any better. Um, And thank you so much, Jenny and Dr. Gordon, for the two of you for just being on Women's Health Interrupted. We are feel so fortunate to have both of you here and advocating for such an amazing cause. So thank you to the two of you. got a few new synapses firing for you be sure to subscribe on whichever platform you get your podcasts to hear our episodes when they drop every second wednesday each month get in touch with us we welcome any questions and constructive feedback you can email us at womenshealth.interrupted at ubc.ca or find us on twitter at research on wh or on instagram at whrcluster to learn more about this topic, check out our show notes at womenshealthresearch.ubc.ca. We would like to thank the Michael Smith Foundation, BioTalent Canada, Patreon, and the UBC Global Lounge for their generous support of this project. We would also like to thank the UBC Medicine Learning Network and its wonderful staff for hosting our podcast. And a special thank you to Catherine Moore, who manages the Women's Health Research Cluster for all of her work in the development of this initiative. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful day or evening wherever you are, and please take care of yourselves. Wishing you good health. This has been a presentation of the UBC Medicine Learning Network. 